Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of the League of Ireland podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. I'm your host, Kieran Callan, and I'm delighted to join you, delighted to have you here once again. Here's what we have coming up on this this program today. We have Martin Russell of Athlone Town, who'll be discussing this season at the First Division Club. As well, we might delve into a couple of other bits and pieces with him. As well as that, we'll have Dermot Carney, our correspondent and host of Around the Grounds, on finalwhistle.ie discussing all of the big news and reviews of what's happened on the SSE or Tracy League over the past couple of games. So with that, we're going to go straight into it and we're going to talk to Martin Russell of Athlone Town. I'm delighted to be joined by Athlone Town and, dare I say it, League of Ireland legend Martin Russell. Martin, you're very welcome to the programme. It's great to talk to you. Hi, Kieran. Thanks for the invite. No problem. Martin, just um, first and foremost, um, how have you taken the results have been although that they have been on the wrong side of things in some respects results have been starting to improve and at loan seem to be turning that little bit of a corner what has been your assessment of the league uh, so far as the manager of at and the results so far yeah you know you're right it has been um you know it's been a tough start um i think you know we all know the league is going to be competitive especially with three full-time teams in there and um, I think all the other teams that were in the league last year that uh, have strengthened as well. So we're under no illusion that um, it's going to be a tough campaign for everybody. And um, so far for us, you know, we haven't got the points we'd like. Um, our performance maybe have merited more points, but that hasn't been the case. So we, we just got to keep working really hard. Do you think you were just you just kind of t- touched on a couple of couple of things there? You know, first of all, you're talking about the the big three as they've been called. You know that the, those professional clubs. But do you think even though that you've had some you have had some games against those clubs, do you think your performances aren't necessarily reflecting? You know the result. You know your performances aren't necessarily mm. reflecting the results that you're starting to come starting to come around. Yeah, I think well, we've got we've got a really new group again together, and um, I think the two games against Waterford and and Cork respectively, we didn't really deserve much from them. But the rest of the games, I think we should have got we should have there was a case we made that we should have got more. But um, you know, we don't really make excuses, and we want to be finding solutions and trying to get those vital points on the board. You know, so again, we we, we can't go around and say um, too much in in, in terms of you know, making those excuses. We've got to just try to get answers going forward. Martin, you've had a very illustrious career in terms of both playing and in management. You know, you've managed UCD, you've managed St. Patrick's Athletic, you've Limerick, Bray Wanderers. What enticed you to go to Athlone um, to manage that club after Paul Doolan left? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, regarding managing St. Pat's, I think uh, I think I probably had the shortest um, I was more of a coach there at Pats um, at the times I was there, um, but definitely the UCD and uh, the Limerick spells as managers um, has given me experience in the league. And now getting the opportunity to, to go into that loan came about. Um, they, they came and asked me to come on board and, you know, I, I was more than willing. Um, I think the project down there is a good one. Uh, but, um, and I'm also realistic in terms of, you know, we're in it, we're in it. A country where really you know that there isn't a great industry in in terms of um, employment in the game so you know you're looking at um trying to make a difference in the game wherever wherever you can and this opportunity came around when i was available so as i said to you i was more than happy to try and, and do what i what i could in relation to what you said the project there like i've been to 
Lissy Wallen, as it's known, that the Athlone Town mm. Grand have been there as a as a both a correspondent and a supporter of Dundalk. It's 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 a fantastic ground, and mm. I think it's a really mm. hidden gem. For a first yeah. division, when you look at it compared to maybe even some Premier Division grounds, like the 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 potential there is huge. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, you have you have to compliment, um, you know, the the people in charge. You know, you've got John Hayden, Michael O'Connor down there, who who've invested and got the club to invest in 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 the infrastructure. And as you rightly say, when you go into the ground, um, the pitch is a four G pitch. It's it's you know, there's no excuse not to play good football on it. Um, stands nice and tidy, and I know they they have development plans down the road to make it even better. And you know, infrastructure is is one aspect um, of of the club, and and they're trying to do that as best they can. And now, you know, they're trying to also build a, a competitive team. And you know, it's very difficult um, in this country to, to do that because of the lack of investment in the game, and um, they're trying the best they can. You talk about the lack of investment in the industry in this club uh, in this country in relation to football. You know what was the force course that you ran in Rings End like? You know for the yeah. the potential that it had for young footballers to give them not only skills in on the pitch but skills off it as well. Because as a teacher, you know obviously I know that education is such an important thing in life, especially nowadays. No, you're you're right, Kieran. I mean, one of my first coaching jobs was on the the false course, which would be run by the FAI. And, and the, what happened then was, um, you know, the players were playing for different teams and coming together. And I was an FAI coach along with Bobby Smith, and they would do extracurricular stuff, which is rightly so, as a holistic approach, because far too often players don't manage to make careers out of the game, and whether it be through, you know, lack of luck or injuries or whatever the, the percentage of, of making is very very small so you know the, i think that there is a duty to for a, any association or any country that is, is is encouraging young players to be the best they can be to provide for them holistically in that when things do go wrong um that they don't just wash their hands of them so mm-hmm. um i enjoyed my time there we had, we, we had good success with players um with lads that have had great careers in in Ireland and a few that went away. And but there's also a lot of boys that didn't go to the heights of those players that would have got employment out of the courses. So they're they're very worthwhile courses. And I, I see no reason why, you know, each and every club shouldn't have one, you know. So it, it's 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 one of those cases of going back to the investment of, of of getting more players training professionally in good academies and but also looking after them, you know, outside of football as well. In relation to the recruitment of players for Athlone this year, you know, you obviously got players like Gary Armstrong, who's got a lot of experience in the Northern Irish League. You've got Michal Schlegerman, who is is a legend in the league. But you kind of delved a little bit differently. You know, players have come from Europe. Yeah. I know that without getting too winded, that we've we've had like this kind of reliance on players from England, but now the Brexit's kind of shut that down a little bit, you know, in terms of recruitment. We've people have gone to further field. Do you think there's a hidden treasure trove of players around Europe that, you know, could really benefit League of Ireland and mm. could benefit coming here as well? Yeah, it's because because the game is such a, a global game, and you know, it's it's it, it's 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 probably it's debatable where people say it's done better elsewhere. You know, there's players coming out of good academies abroad that. Um, you know, would see maybe coming to Ireland as a as a stepping stone and getting first team football, and I think other, cl- other clubs have, uh, begin to sort of explore that avenue. And I think by getting better players in here, will will we'll strengthen the league. And it, it's difficult because it, it can be sometimes hit and miss, and you know, it sometimes needs um, 
uh, a little bit more work and background and so far to do. But, you know, there are a lot of clubs that have looked in the Premier Division. You look at what Finn Harps have done. Um, you know, you know, a lot of the clubs uh, in, in the Premier Division have, have brought players, are beginning to bring players from outside the country as well uh, to try and get the mix right. And just in relation to say, you know, you know, UCD, like the the the, the it, they've switched, you know, to mm. a very much in an academy structure that you're looking for the best of young players to come and get their education and play for the club. Whereas at Limerick, you were kind of given, you know, mm. a, a certain budget. Does that bring, how would you say, in some respects, a, a kind of different amounts of expectations and pressures that on one side yeah. you've got players who want to compete and get an education where you've got another set that want to compete and win. Well, there you go. You know, there's, there's two extremes there. The UCD philosophy is about player development and education. Whereas when I went to Limerick, it was trying to to get as high in, in the league as they could uh, and be as successful um, in the league. So there's, there's you know, you, you've got to fit into them in, in whatever way you can as a coach and manager. And both of them, I mean... The work done at UCD throughout the years has been tremendous, and you only have to ask the players that have come through that that system that how beneficial they found it. And you look at Limerick as a region, and and, and Galway, and Atlone, and all the provincial towns, and you touched on it there that they've all got so much potential mm-hmm. that there is no reason if, for example, going back to Limerick, if, if things had had gone better and and maybe things in the future can go better that they 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 could and should be a force in Irish football. So it's just, it's not, as I said, it's not easy running a professional club and, and, and doing the business on the field and the off the field together. But you have to, you know, if you're, if, you're in, if you're in the football game, you have to keep on working towards it. Last couple of questions. You know, that experience that you have from managing a club like UCD and Limerick and amongst others, do you think that that might, now I'm not putting too much pressure on it, don't put in words in your mouth or anything, but do you think that, you know, if things start to click with that loan, that there could be that push on the on the kind of on the on the on the outside lane for the for the playoffs coming at the end of the year. Is it a case of this year being just just competitive and and you know building a as you said a project? Yeah, no, I think it's you know we we set out at the start of the season to be competitive. Don't get me wrong, and mm-hmm. I think in, in in the games that we felt we should have got something from, we have been competitive. Do I think we can get better? One hundred percent. Do I think um, we need to adjust things as as it goes? Possibly so. But as I said, yeah. If you look at every team that's not on the top of the table in the, in the Premier Division, they're, they're all wanting to get close to that. They're all thinking, how can we develop? How can we get better? So, you know, we, we want to win the next game. And then the thing that the first division is, is you know, if you're in fifth, sixth position, you know, you're, you're the playoffs in terms of um, how, over the course of the season, can you get into that? I still think there's enough time, um, but we have to we have to move, move them quickly if you, and get more points on the board. No doubt about that. Listen, Maren, I want to thank you very much for your time this evening and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll speak to somebody from Athlone or maybe yourself come the end of the year if you if you reach that playoffs. But uh, the very best luck for this weekend and uh, just on your thoughts on that match coming up on this on this weekend. Yeah, well, we're playing Longford in, in a derby game and, you know, the... Um, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to mention that I knew you'd, you'd tee in with it. Yeah, yeah. well, we're looking forward to it. I mean, the, you know, Longford have had some good results lately. And uh, but as I said, yes, it is in the season. We all play each other four times, so there's a lot of football ahead. And um, we, we we're looking forward to this game, going to Longford, and hopefully go put on a good show and, and get those vital three points. Derby days are always special. Listen, Martin, thanks very much. Okay, thank you, Kieran. 
And that was Martin Russell of uh, Athlone Town and his side play uh, Longford this weekend in what is known as the Midlands El Clasico. So uh, coming up next, we have uh, Dear McCarney of FinalWhistle.ie and host of Around the Grounds. And he'll be giving us a comprehensive review and preview of what's coming up over the League of Ireland over the next couple of days. Dermot, it's great to have you once again. Um, I know that you're going to miss me next week, but uh, you <laughs> might get a you, you might get a week off or so. But uh, Dermot, um, just looking back, you've been you've been very busy on around the grounds over the past couple of days. You've been you've been on an awful lot. Um, do you think that the the scattered just just to kind of throw a, a wee yeah. bit of a curveball out at you? Do you think those kind of having games as standalone uh, fixtures? You know, in terms we talk about, you know, TV coverage and everything like that, do you think that that could be beneficial for the League of Ireland going forward, that you could have all the league fixtures over a weekend, but a standalone game maybe midweek or on a Thursday night that could kind of whet the appetite for the for the, for the the week coming ahead? Yeah, for, for sure. Now, I suppose with this week, RT obviously have had Champions League coverage on, so I don't think they could showcase something on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, depending on, on their going, but... You know, if they have TV commitments for a Tuesday night, I mean, we'd say we'll take tonight. If the, the game last night would have been tonight, I don't think RTE have anything scheduled tonight. You could definitely say oh, we could throw on we could throw on this game this evening. Um, you know, they obviously haven't had anything on for the last couple of weeks now. So it is tough. We'd say you know, we had so many games last Friday night. We had a couple of games, um, like three games Monday night and we had the game last night. You know, you could definitely say could they have done something Monday um, to promote the league a bit more? But look, I don't know what's the situation going on there. But from what I've seen, LOI TV has done a fantastic job of, of promoting the, the couple of games that we've had. But, you know, definitely it would be more beneficial if we could have the, um, a broadcaster covering it. But we'll have to see. I know they, they have announced that there will be covering the a game fairly shortly as well. I think it might be this Friday night's game. Yeah, this Friday Dundalk, it's going to be, as I know, um, which is great. Patches of Attic versus Dundalk. Mm. Do you know, so, that's like, that's fantastic to see again. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, if we could just go to the results first of all, I'm just trying to find them myself. I'm a little bit uh, behind on on a couple of things today, but uh, just in relation to the results, is there anything from the course of the weekend that stand out to you? A, a, a big result. Thanks, Brafney. <laughs> um, I suppose from Friday night's games, Sligo Rovers dropped points, and they also dropped points last night. They've lost two games on the bounce, which is a six-point swing that could have propelled them toward the top of the table if they'd gotten the results out of that. Drogheda managing to take a point against St. Pat's was what was crucial for them to keep them out of the relegation zone. That was that was crucial. Um, I mentioned that last week that the game between Shamrock Rovers and Finn Harps was going to be a kind of do-or-die game for for both teams. You know, for Harps, it was trying to get out of the, the relegation spot, but for Shamrock Rovers, it was to showcase that you're still title contenders and you can climb back up the table, which they did do in emphatic fashion, it has to be said, on the night. But for me, the standout was Derry's late winner to give them all three points against Bowes. The, you know, the... Um, They've showed that tenacity. We were we we mentioned it before how Derry have left it late. You know, is Rory Higgins a bit kind of like Sir Alex Ferguson, where you know you have the, the Fergie time element? They got a late winner in that game. They've got a late winner as well. It's you know it's 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 interesting to see with the way the league 
the league is running at the moment that the likes of your your bows and and the, the bows and Derry game that it was such a tight contest, but in the end, Derry managed to sneak it at the death. Um, so for me, those will be the standouts from the Premier Division, but from the first division games on Friday night, I thought Longford were going to pull it out against Waterford. It would have been a fantastic result to them. It would have seen them up higher up the table into, I believe they would have gone into third position with the win if they managed to get it. Yeah. But then snatched right at the death. It was heartbreaking for them. Um, and I know you were just talking to Martin there from Athlone. They managed to get their first points of the season on Friday night. It was a fantastic result for them. They couldn't pull it out. However, Monday night against Treaty, that result has propelled Treaty up to into fourth position. So out of the top four clubs now in the first division, three of them are Munster-based. Yeah. So there's definitely, we mentioned it last week about the the provincial, you know, the, the, the provincial clubs going into it that you have that that you know the amount of clubs coming from that one area to have three in the top four of the first division just shows what what the quality is like in Munster at the moment. Galway United getting a big result at home to Cove Ramblers. Cove Ramblers are a side that will we spoke to their manager last week. He's he you know they're very very ambitious, but. John Caulfield once again the the master of the the grinding at the big results. But like the one thing that can be said about Go is that they they get the you know the the big results against the big teams, but they're also replicating against the small teams as well, which is the mark of a good side. Yeah, you know they can do it. They're only three points behind Cork now, and they have that game in hand still, so they can still come behind and and try and get the result. You know, as you mentioned, John Caulfield's. He's been through the ins and outs of the league. He's had his, his good days and he's had his bad days. But he knows that no matter what your opposition is, no matter who you're playing, you don't want to take the, the foot off the pedal, whether you're, whether you know, Cover struggling or an Athlone that are struggling. Three points is three points. You still have to go in with the minds that you need to, to put your all toward the game. And they did that Friday night. They got their result. It was, you know, it wasn't the easiest of games to, to get the three points in. but. They managed to get there in the end, and I suppose when we're looking at the the season, when we get toward the end of the season, and we're we're discussing it, looking at who's gone up, and we we will talk about those games. You know, if you see teams dropping points, I suppose Cork City leaving points behind them against Longford a few weeks ago, could that haunt them in the future? Now that they have that three points, if they had won that game. They would have had that little bit more breathing room. They they can't afford a slip up now against Galway, and Galway will know the same. They're hunting down Cork. They have that three point swing. They'll be hoping for for more. But you know, all credit to, to their squad at the moment. They they seem to be playing some fantastic football out west at the moment. You speak about Cork, Darrow, a one 0 win against Wexford. Now it came. The goal came very early in the game, but. Wexford once again showing us that, you know, I, I know that probably results aren't reflecting in some respects, but, you know, like they're they're not being hammered at pillar to post. It looks like mm. the, the playoffs could be where they where they end up in the end. And as we've said before, you know, who knows what will happen. And the thing about the playoffs is, is that you are going to have a few of those big three who are going to be completely demoralized by the fact that, that they didn't get promoted straight away. Is that going to mean that, you know, you can catch a team on the bounce and who knows what will happen? Yeah, for sure. I suppose we, we, we've we mentioned it about the first division. It's one of those things that 
it's very hard to call the first division this year. Kind of every team can can take on teams and do that. You know, Wexford, to their credit, they performed very well against Cork, but the brick wall that is David Harrington and the Cork goal was proving to be troublesome for them. He made some fantastic saves on the night, was keeping them out. Now they had they had amazing chances. Cork had chances as well to make it 2-0, but couldn't really find the back of the net. But Wexford, to their credit, look, they put on a, a great show. And we said, are they the surprise package of the season? They're definitely there, thereabouts. I think they can definitely finish in the playoff places. I don't know if they'll finish high above in that regards in the playoff places or will they just scrape the final position. It has to be seen over the next coming weeks if we will see that. But they definitely can perform. And I suppose when you see you know, the weaker teams, the likes of your Cove, your Bray, your Athlone, they can test the bigger teams. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of hammerings. I know the opening night, Bray won't want to remember what the game against Cork City, but it has to be said that the standard in the first division this year has definitely been enjoyable to watch. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Wexford can kind of find their feet over the coming weeks. I know they are playing Galway this week. That game's not going to be interesting, not going to be, you know, the easiest game, especially when you're going to aim in DC Park. But if they could get a result against Galway this weekend, it'll be crucial for them. And they could definitely do Cork a favour if they manage to get the three points in that one. Let's have a look. Just, um, just going to discuss the fixtures for the first division before we go back and we we have a little bit more on the focus in the Premier Division. Brayer at home to Treaty United, Cove Ramblers at home to Waterford, Galway United versus Wexford, Longford and Athlone in the El Clasico, as we were talking about, and then Longford are on the road again on Tuesday night, where they're going to be playing. Um, they're sorry, they're not on the road. Cove Ramblers will be on the road. They're heading up to, um, Longford Town. We can just focus on Waterford for a second there. I think in some respects, a lot of people would say that they're a little bit disappointed with the fact of the fact that they've maintained the core of their squad. They're in thirty they're in third position. They're, you know, eight points off the pace for that top position. They're going down to Cove Ramblers, who I think their position in the league kind of flatters them a little bit. You know, they have to start getting wins and big wins and fast. Yeah, I suppose they would have been the the happier of the two teams on Friday night that they managed to sneak the point against Longford. They were chasing the game. You know, Longford got the goal before the before the half hour mark in the first half. They were looking on top throughout the game. Waterford they were struggling. They managed to get the goal late on. It gives them the point. It keeps them in third position. Obviously, Treaty are in fourth. We can see the lead table there. Like you know, the likes of Cove. Cove have grinded out results in the past, but coming up against a team like Watford, it'll be interesting to see if they can do it. It is a Munster derby, of course, Cove are the other Munster team in that division, but they are one of the teams that have struggled in, in recent weeks to try and find their form. But, you know, if Watford can get the result, like they, they will be disappointed that, you know, they were they were leading the charge toward the start of the season. They looked the team to beat after the first couple of game weeks. They've kind of started to slip a bit down the table recently. Galway and Cork have managed to get the results, even though Watford have beaten Cork at Turner's Cross. You look at the league positioning, Cork are sitting top of the table, they're eight points ahead of them. Like Watford will know that 
if they want to get back up and play Premier Division football, they need to get the three points. I mentioned about you know Galway getting the three points last weekend. You need to beat the weaker teams in the league to get these three points. They're going to be valuable. If they're looking back at the season and they say, look, these games, you know, these are the games that will win you the title or will get you promoted. I know you have to beat the title contenders and your promotion rivals as well, but you need to you need to get the wins against these teams as well, to be honest. Um, Galway United and Wexford kind of sounds like it could be a potential banana skin, depending if Ian Ryan side. But um, I think this is a just to, to to mention because Martin Russell has been on the show there. Athlone and Longford, like I mean, Longford in some respects are flattering in some respects to deceive. They look like they could they could make a charge. If my dogs are barking in the background, I apologize. But that's live right? that's live podcasting. And at loan are looking to get big, you know, a big result and a big mm-hmm. message. This game kind of has all the hallmarks of being an El Clasico within the League of Ireland, without even, you know, like I know that it generally doesn't get the attention that it deserves, but mm. this time around it could. Yeah, I suppose for, you know, in terms of both clubs for Athlone the three points would be good for them for momentum to get them back up the table. You know, they got their first points against Bray. They were chasing Bray for the majority of the game. They managed to get the goal to give them the points. They looked like they were pressing on toward the later, that in the latter stages of the game, but couldn't get the result out of it. The game against Treaty, they really couldn't get their chances off. Treaty seemed to just have been the step up uh, Against them, you look at the league table, I suppose you can see why Treaty have, have definitely earned their, their position in the table now. But, you know, it, it, it definitely has implications for both of the teams. For for Longford, you know, if, you know, Treaty or Waterford don't get a result in the next game week, Longford have two games in a row coming up shortly. That's a six-point swing. That could be crucial for them to go even up into third position. For, for In their terms of El Clasico, it's... If we can get these three points, we'll be positioned more up the table. Can we chase down Galway in second? Or if Cork, because Cork could have a slip up again in the league, it's hard to predict the way things are going. It, it, it's very hard to call. But if Wexford managed to get a result against Galway this weekend, that could see them going up into the playoff places. If Longford don't get us, Bray get a result. Like it's it's going to be interesting in, in that point of view. But the, the, for me, the first division games this weekend are definitely looking. They're looking tasty with the fixture wise. Definitely, the El Clasico game could be could be one to watch on Friday night. To be honest with you, it just seems to be a case that first division just every week seems to be throwing something mm-hmm. up, and and we just I have to say it's it's great because for a long time it was such a marginalised kind of come. It was like the the ugly stepsister, so to speak, of of <laughs> of the Premier Division. But I think this year it's really really shown its true quality and grace. And I know that the players have said how competitive it is. If we can switch on to the Premier Division, um, you know we've got some we've got some really really good fixtures um this week. You know, Shelburne at home to Shamrock Rovers, Damien Duff and and Stephen Bradley. You know that that that, that in itself has its own little kind of um kind of little backstory to it because you know Damien Duff he's played for Shamrock Rovers. He's also mm-hmm. managed one of the under underage sides. Then you have St Patrick's Athletic versus Dundalk. That goes without saying. You know the O'Donnell return, Tim Clancy, and things like that. Draw United are at home to Bowes. They've had some two good results in in recent uh, matches. Then you've got the derby between, 
you know, Finn Harps and Derry, and then Sligo and UCD. It's action-packed this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be very hard to call. I suppose Dub- Dublin Derby between Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers, that'll be entertaining. Um, hopefully it's entertaining on the field and there's no incidents off the field. I know, you know, two rival clubs with all of that, we don't want to see that kind of stuff um, impacting the game or anything like that. But there's definitely going to be a lot of action because, you know, Dundalk get a result against St. Pat's. Dundalk could be up into the top four in, in that regards. Bohemians, you know, they got their win last night. Credit to them. They were fantastic against Sligo Rovers. It saw them back up to sixth. Draw to know that Finn Harps are closing in on them. They don't want to go down at the relegation spot, so they'll want to put on a good show at home against Bowes. It's going to be another tough game at home for, for Harps. They've had a couple of tough games up in Finn Park over the last couple of weeks. You're welcoming the leaders, Derry. You know, if if Shelburne grind the result against Shamrock Rovers and Derry get a win, that could be massive for them in terms of their title ambitions, especially if, you know, if Dundalk and Shelburne manage to get the win, the, get a win this weekend, Derry City be laughing at the top of the table in that regards because, you know, if Sligo can get a result, Sligo could go up to second. It's very hard to call um, the next couple of games. UCD have struggled. So Sligo will be hoping that, you know, after losing two on the bounce, this is the result that they want to get. They want to go to, you know, UCD, they did struggle the, the last night at home. They weren't looking as sharp as they would want to be. Um, so, you know, the, the games on Saturday will be interesting in that regard, especially when the two games, two games on Friday night will be concerning the top of the league. If draw had to get a result against Bowes, Harps will know when they go out on Saturday. We need this. We need the result against Derry, but you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what way the league table looks Saturday evening. Um, I do think Derry can get that result this weekend, but will Shamrock Rovers still be able to hunt them down? Is the question because you know all credit to Shelburne, they pulled off a fantastic result last Friday night. Mm-hmm. I think Damien Duff is still looking for his first home win. And yeah. I think a win against Stephen Bradley's Shamrock Rovers is definitely something to put on the CV, if not um, a great boost for them and a testament to the club itself, to be honest. I just want to ask you, like, for, like obviously, I'm I'm very kind of in tune with this because of 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 my my allegiances, so to speak. But I want to take your 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 take on it. Pat's and Dundalk has taken on a whole new kind of level because of everything that went on in the close season. Do you think the aspects of what was happening off the pitch might have an effect, or will it just be a case that when things kick off, you know, that kind of aspect of things that we've gone, I'll just become another game of football, or is this going to be the, the tasty affair that the people are kind of looking for? Because, you know, there's there's so many chapters and subplots to it that it it just, it's it's perfect for TV, to be honest. I think it will be a tasty affair between the two clubs. I think there's too much stuff going on not <laughs> not to be. I don't think we're going to have a mass brawl after two minutes when the referee blows the whistle, but I think we might see a couple of shoulders, uh, you know, a couple of harsh tackles going in early on. I don't think we're going to see, um, you know, a, a lackluster affair between the two teams. I think this is going to be one of those games that, you know, it will be a tight affair. You know, the clubs have history with each other. 
they're two prestigious clubs in their own rights in the league. They're two teams that know that if they can get three points, where it will propel them to the league table. Everyone wants to be fighting for European places, if not fighting for the league title at the end of the day. But definitely, we, we could be seeing the referee might have a, an interesting night ahead of him. But hopefully, it's just left on the pitch and we don't see nasty brawls, yeah. brawls or anything out there. But I can I, I can see it being um, a damn squib of a game. That could be, you know, if anyone is watching a game this Friday night and you don't have an allegiance to another club, you're a League of Ireland neutral, definitely stick on this game. Like, I, I can definitely see it being um, a tight action pack game, to be honest with you. We're going to just nearly wrap up now because uh, we've, been, we've been having, we've had a very in-depth discussion. We're a quarter of the season in. You know, we've we've gotten we're on to match day nine of thirty six. I'm going to be quite honest with you, Dermot, and this is just me being honest. If somebody had said to me at the beginning of the after a quarter of games, we'd have Derry City top, but Shamrock Rovers losing two games already this season, you you, you wouldn't have put your money on it. No, and to be honest, a six point lead as well. Mm-hmm. Is is a, a whole entire different ball game to be honest with you. Like if you you know if Derry City were leading by a point or two, I might say okay, it's a tight affair. But they're unbeaten so far. They're top of the table by six points. And Shamrock Rovers, they have looked they have looked great when they've played. But to be honest, Stephen Bradley knows losing two games this early on in the season, it can be impactful. He's hoping that it's not going to be three against Shelburne on Friday night. If it's three against Shelburne and Derry get the results, I know we're only a couple of games in, but Oh, don't you know. don't do the quote. Don't do the quote. <laughs> <laughs> you ne- you never know. You you never know, to be honest. Shamrock Rovers, they are in second. You know, when we're doing around the grounds on Friday evening, when we look at the league table after all the results, are Shamrock Rovers going to remain in second place? Or will they go down? It's they're, they're going to have to fight for it. I said it last week, but they had to go up and fin, to Finn Park and get the result. They did. They put on an emphatic show there. They're going to have to go to to Talca Park against their rivals and get a result. If they can do it, and Finn Harps managed to pull something out of the bag against Derry, it'll be interesting to see. But I don't think people should just be saying, okay, it's one and, one and dusted. Derry have it. Like, we could be sat here in two months' time, and Shamrock Rovers can be top again by three. It's very hard to call. But Derry have done very well with a couple of key players out on the sideline as well. It has to be credit, you know, credit to, to Rory Higgins' management style there. He's, you know, they leave it late, but they manage to get the results at the end of the day, to be honest with you. Is there a team that's disappointed you? Um, I suppose from my early predictions in the league, um, not really in the Premier Division. I thought Waterford would be a little mm. bit closer in the First Division, but I kind of said it would be, you know, in the Premier Division, the bottom three would be a mix of UCD, Van Harps and Drogheda. That's kind of been it now. Bohemians have started the season slow. They're up to sixth. If they can get another result this week, they might keep them mid-table, but they don't want to be slipped. You know, they don't want to, to go down toward the relegation places. If they... You know, if they lost the Sligo last night, it would have been a bad result for them going into this weekend. You know, they were they would have been in eighth position slightly ahead of Finn Harps. I don't think that's where they want to be at the moment as a club. Um, 
I wouldn't say anyone has really disappointed me, but it's definitely been it's been hard to call. It's definitely been one of the most entertaining seasons over the last number of years in both the Premier and the First Division. The standard across both divisions has been a joy to watch this season. Well, we look forward to the next, uh, how would you say, 27 or so matches before we finish up the season in November. Dermot, in case anybody is watching tonight has just logged in and we spoke about around the grounds there, could you just give them a summary of uh, what exactly happens on a Friday night after matches? Yeah, so around the grounds, we kick off that around quarter to 10, 10 to 10. Um, so you can check it on the final whistle social media channels. You can just view the, um, you know, turn on your notifications and you'll you'll be notified when we go live on it. Basically, we have a load of different reporters around the various different grounds in Ireland. We'll say last Friday, we would have had 10 games. We had five Premier Division, four First Division at one game in the Women's National League. We would have had reporters across the different grounds. We go to the reporter and they give us a short video report on it. I know you were one of them as well. Kieran is our resident Dundalk correspondent when, when we have the games uh, live at that stage. And then we'll just, you know, we wrap it up. Then afterwards, we'll give you, you know, what fixtures are coming up again. So... We'll also look at the league table. So we'll say this Friday night, we'll have games in both the Premier and the First Division. Then we'll have games on Saturday and so on. We don't have any Women's National League games this weekend, but we'll have a show Friday night. We'll have a show Saturday night. And then it's whenever there's a League of Ireland game on, we'll be doing around the grounds. We'll have a report there. We'll do a video report and then we'll be able to give you all the stats and everything that are available also on the Final Whistle website as well. Listen, thank you very, very much for as always. It's always a pleasure and uh, we'll see you very soon. Perfect, Kieran. Thanks for having me on again this week. And that's our lot for this week. I want to thank, first of all, our producer, Breffney Early, to Dear McCarney of, of the Round the Grounds and FinalWhistle.ie and to Martin Russell of Athlone Town. I want to thank you very much for listening in and for tuning in this evening. And we will see you very, very soon for wherever you're going around the grounds this weekend. Enjoy it. It's going to be a good one. <laughs>